If my uh, Hebrew or my Aramaic weren't so rusty, I would read the prayer one more time in another language. Because hearing uh, the language of a person tells you something about the culture. And um, as we have heavy hearts about the border and our beautiful family there, it was important to me to have Espanol in the room, uh, in the sanctuary. And we're so glad that you could do that for us, Lydia. Muchísimas gracias. Again, if my Aramaic and my Hebrew weren't rusty and I read this in Jesus' language, the language of his time, you'd hear something different as well. You'd hear subtleties in the, in the prayer. Jesus is praying, most scholars think, the Kaddish, but he's praying the Jewish prayer of mourning. The Kaddish is a Jewish prayer of mourning that says no words about death. None at all. I'll tell you that Kaddish means holy. Can you say Kaddish with me? Kaddish means holy. I'll tell you that heaven is Shemayan. Shemayan. I will tell you that peace is Shalom. And Yishrael is Israel. Yishrael is Israel. Let me read the English the way this would be read. Um, it would always be read in Hebrew. Or, or in Aramaic, because it says so. If you're going to read the morning Kaddish, you read it in this language. It would also only be read with 10 men in the room, not 10 women, sorry, but 10 men in the room make a minion, a, a, a congregation, if you will. But this is how, how the English goes. Glorified and sanctified be God's great name throughout the world, which God has created according to God's will. Can you hear the will and the creation. May God establish God's kingdom in your lifetime and during your days. And within the life of the entire house of Israel, Israel, speedily and soon, and say amen. May God's great name be blessed forever and to all eternity, blessed and praised, glorified and exalted, extolled and honored, adored and lauded be the name of the Holy One. Blessed be God beyond all blessings and hymns, praises and consolations that are ever spoken in the world. And say amen. May there be abundant peace from heaven and life and for us and for all Israel, say amen. He who creates peace in God's celestial heights, may God create peace for us and for all Israel and say amen. Why would Jesus be praying the morning Kaddish when his disciples ask him to teach them how to pray? What's he grieving? There's nothing in the text that says he's lost a friend or or a loved one. But he's mourning for sure because he's living in occupied territory. He's mourning for sure because his people feel under siege economically. They feel uh, oppressed by the Roman Empire. They feel like their religion doesn't matter, that their lives don't matter, that their economic well-being doesn't matter. They don't have adequate health care. Their old people don't have adequate safety nets. They are strangers in their own hometown. New rules, new laws, 
a secularization of their society in which they feel that their values don't matter. It's difficult to be Jewish and faithful in the context of occupied Rome. It's tough to be a Jewish rabbi in occupied Rome. I imagine that Jesus' people feel like the political process failed them. I imagine that those who are incarcerated feel like they're locked up in unfair conditions for teeny tiny infractions, that their families are broken up, that their lives are torn apart. I imagine that there are people languishing on death row and that somebody has turned the switch back on again. Somebody say amen. I imagine the little Hebrew children don't have good school supplies. That on their de desks are old textbooks. I imagine that they don't have the latest equipment because their neighborhoods have been redlined and their parents haven't been able to buy good houses. I imagine that the way the, the school districts are segregated, that the good schools are in the places where the highest taxes are levied and the not-so-great schools are in the poor places and those children are already generations behind because they just are, but I imagine that they don't see any future. Can you see this? I imagine that the women, the women who, when they get together in the synagogues with Jesus and the disciples, suddenly have a voice, have rights, but when they go back home to their neighborhoods, they're once again shut down and silenced and nobody cares about their bodies. And I imagine that being poor and broke and Jewish as a woman means maybe subject to sexual violence. Can you see this? I imagine that the budget for the military is huge and the budget for infrastructure is somewhere in the middle, but the budget for, I don't know, medical help, the budget for mental health, the budget for better schools, there's no money for that because we've got to keep the roads moving well for the chariots and the swords sharp. Can you see this? Jesus is praying a morning prayer because he's grieving. Can't you see this? And in the morning prayer, he's not making a list of all the things that he's uh, disappointed in. He's not saying, God, please replace the Romans with a better political party. Um, he's not praying, please make the rich poor. He's not praying, please punish the unjust and ungodly. He's not praying, please help me pass my SAT test. He's not praying, I need a new car so I can make it through the day. He's not praying, I need a boyfriend. That used to be my favorite prayer when I was a teenager. Asking ye shall receive. That's what it says. I know I'm flat-chested, but hey, there's got to be somebody who wants a girlfriend like me. He's not making a list. He's not treating God like a genie. 
with a delivery system designed to give him what he wants, he's praising God. Holy be your name. Holy be your name. He's declaring your reign come right now on earth as it is in heaven. One petition, give us this day our daily bread. Two petitions, give us today the bread we need for today. Not help me bankroll my kids' college. Gosh, but give me today what I need today. Give me the bread today for today. Bread enough for today. No hoarding. Our people know about hoarding. That bread turns to mess. Just enough for today. Petition two, do not, don't let us go into the places where we will be tempted to not be who we're supposed to be. Petition two, save us from the time of trial. Save us from temptation. Block, block us from the weak places in ourselves. Petition two. And petition three, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Wipe the slate clean, our slate and theirs. Three demands, three. Feed us today what we need today. Stop us from our worst selves. Keep us out of the line of our own fire. That's what that temptation's about. I can get into big trouble. Please help me. And then three, forgive us as we forgive others. That's it. The rest of it is just praise, uplift, celebrating God, celebrating God's holy name, and asking it to be there as it is here. So the question becomes, what is heaven like? What is heaven like? Do you think heaven is a place where some people have golden chariots and some people sleep on streets? Do you think heaven is a place where we step over homeless people with their cardboard houses on the way to Trump Tower? Do you? Do you think heaven is a place where because you were born in Europe and because you're a man and because you're straight, you have more power than the other folks? Do you think that heaven's like that? Do you think heaven's a place where black lives don't matter or is it a place where black lives do matter? What is heaven like? This prayer invites us to be visionaries. It invites us to make on earth what is heaven. And Jesus would have had, not to make up some stuff, but visions. He would have had a picture of the reign of God in his mind from being a Hebrew boy growing up in Nazareth, ancient Palestine. He would have had Isaiah. He would have had Isaiah he would have known that God's promises for a reign of God on earth were about rivers coming into the desert, about lush green places where there used to be arid places, about life where there used to be deadness. Jesus would have had that. He would have had Zechariah. God, I love that book. He would have had a promise of recovery of like oasis, of, of, of Garden of Eden. He would have had old people in the streets. He would have had young kids kicking it on the playground. He would have had the city so safe that you don't even need streetlights. He would have had that. He would have had visions of, of rivers running through cities and leaves on trees healing nations. He would have had everybody has enough. He would have had women and men equal. He would have had children mattering. He would have had 
neighbors loving each other enough to protect neighbors' cows when they wander into their backyard. He would have had hospitality and being kind to strangers. So when he says, on earth as it is in heaven, he's evoking a whole series of texts, of visions, of God showing up for those on the margins, and God protecting the vulnerable, and God making a way where there's no way, and God healing the broken, and God giving sight to the blind, and God breaking down the walls, and God making the crooked places straight and the high places low. He said a mouthful when he said, on earth as it is in heaven. He said, I made everybody beautiful. He would have been saying, no matter who you are, and no matter who you love, and no matter how you look, you're fearfully and awesomely made in my image. He would have had on his mind the sense that every valley will be uh, exalted and every mountain will be made low. He would have had in the back of his mind that God was in the business of straightening up messy things. He would have had in his mind that justice was going to roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. And it wasn't going to be some vision from Dr. King, but a vision for all of us to own as our own. Because when we pray that prayer, we're saying all of that. We're saying on earth as it is in heaven. It's prophetic speech. And Ulanov and Barry Ulanov would have called it primary speech. They would have said that it is the kind of speech that rewires our very psyche and our souls. This prayer is prophetic primary speech. It is anchoring us in the will of the one Jesus called Daddy. Abba. Papi. And when the disciples said, teach us how to pray, this is, that's all they got. It's not magic. It's not genie. It's not list making. Daddy, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. Feed us today what we need today. Today what we need today. Us and them. Feed us today what we need today. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. Not save us from this place by burning it down. Not make sure there's Armageddon. Not rapture. Not parachute out of the earth. But make earth here as it is on heaven. Make it here right now as it is in heaven. where all of the people praise God in one voice, all of the people in their multi-everythingness. Glory, hallelujah, because your reign has come. I heard a colleague say this week that experiences in our lives right now can take us to the edge of the place where we don't think Praying works. We're not sure we can even do it. <coughs> Me too. But I'm challenging myself to make this prayer a daily practice, 
a daily spiritual practice, to listen to what it really says and to pray it like I mean it and to pray it as though even if I don't, it's still vision casting, it's still articulating the will of the one who loves me just as I am. And doesn't really need me to say anything to make it happen. You know, there's a, there's a conversation about whether God's moved by our prayers or, or if God is unmovable. I don't know. But I'm going to pray anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to pray anyway. I'm not sure. But I'm going to pray anyway. And I'm going to pray not to manipulate God, but to manipulate me. I'm going to pray to manipulate me. I'm going to pray anyway so that I can be in tune with what God is doing in the world. I just want to be counted in the number. I just want to be a part of the plan and the process. I just don't want to be on the outside while God is fixing it. So I'm just going to pray when I'm afraid. I'm going to pray when I'm lost. I'm going to pray when my words feel hollow. I'm going to pray when my heart is broken. I'm going to pray when my eyes are weeping. I'm going to pray when my head hurts. I'm going to pray when my feet are tired of marching. I'm going to pray when I know I'm overcommitted. I'm going to pray when I didn't return your phone call. I'm going to pray when your email is in my inbox. <laughs> Holy Lord. I'm going to pray when we feel like we're grieving people we love. I'm going to pray when we make decisions that are hard to swallow. I'm just going to keep on praying as it is in heaven, on earth. That's it. If that's all I remember, every day, on earth as it is in heaven. Every day, on earth as it is in heaven. Every day, on earth as it is in heaven. Every day, on earth as it is in heaven. That's it. Every day, marching with our feet, singing with our songs. Every day, on earth as it is in heaven. That's it. Every day, on earth as it is in heaven. A call to action. Marching orders. Our vision. Vision casting every day on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Every day on earth as it is in heaven. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Amen.